You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, episode 36. Geek news from Hollywood and Las Vegas. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 36 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Patrick. Hello, Brian. Wow, we got a lot to talk about today. It sounds like a lot of stuff happened. Not like really big stuff, but Mm -hmm. a lot of little things and shocking things. Yes, definitely a lot to digest today and a Mm -hmm. lot to discuss. One thing I did want to bring up to begin with is I saw an article, uh, I've actually seen a couple of articles about James Gunn, and of course Mm -hmm. we all know the situation where he was fired because of some tweets that he posted, and we talked about that on a previous podcast, but one of the things that they were talking about in the article today was, well now that he is a free agent, there are a lot of studios that are looking to bring him on. Sort of throwing their hat into his ring. Exactly. See which one he picks up. And the issue is, he's not fully released from his contract yet. And so there's a non-compete clause in his contract. He can't really go out and look for offers. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's sort of in a limbo at this point. But there are a lot of studios out there who right now are saying when he's free to go, we will offer him some huge money projects. Mm -hmm. Now, uh... So was his contract specific to Guardians, or was it to the studio? It's going to be specific to the studio. So, yes, they could. Mm. it's a possibility they could offer him another movie, although if they're going to fire him from Guardians and they allow him to make another movie, what's the point of that? Yeah. They might as well let him do Guardians. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, until there's an official severing, he can't really shop anything. But the other thing, too, is that keep in mind... James Gunn is not in breach of his contract. Right. And be- I think it would be a really dick move on the studio's part if they didn't let him out of his contract but got rid of him from the big thing. It's like, we're going to tuck you off in a corner somewhere and not release you from your contract, but you can't do your project. Yeah. Well, I think that if they officially fire him from the project, then he's going to be free to shop elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And there was a question about a pay-to-play deal, and it's probably not likely that he has one. Now, what a pay-to-play means is that it's in your contract that if they cancel the project or they don't use you or whatever, they still have to pay you your fee. Like, for example, most famous of the pay-to-plays was the Death of Superman movie. That, is uh, that the Nicolas Cage one? It was going to be Nic- okay. Exactly, right. Nicolas Cage. Okay. And Tim Burton had a pay-to-play deal, which meant that the film wasn't made. They basically hmm. canceled the film, but Burton still got his full director's fee wow. for it. Wow, okay. So, yeah, if you're, hmm. a, if you're a big-time director, you can get those deals. And not to say that James Gunn, at this point, is not a big-time director, and I figure his next project, if it's in another studio, he'll be able to get a pay-to-play deal. But, of course, when he first started Guardians of the Galaxy, he had a few minor hits. He made some good movies, Mm -hmm. but he certainly didn't have the cachet, the clout, to get a pay-to-play deal. And mm. so if they cancel it, he doesn't, he they're doesn't saying he, get, yeah. it's possible that he might wind up with like five to $10 million from Disney if they completely fire him. There's a bit of a complication to all of this. Uh, it was reported that Dave Batista, who plays Drax, right. he posted on Twitter that specifically that he was upset about James Gunn's firing. And he's posted a bunch of Twitters about that. And he was in that open letter from all of the he Guardians. Was, yes. 
And so he posted that if they're not going to use Gunn as a director and they're not going to use his script, Dave said, there's no point in me being in the film. You might as well kill my character off or recast Drax. Ooh, that sounds very ultimatum-y to me. Yeah, I don't know if Disney's going to be trembling in their boots to lose Dave Bautista, although he's amazing in that role and I can't see you recasting it. But there's been a lot of fan uproar about bringing James Gunn back. A lot of the fans want to see it. And I think in Disney's situation, they're going to have to weigh the pros and the cons of the thing and see what they plan to do. Obviously, they're going to follow the money trail of their business. So what makes the most financial sense in this situation? On the one hand, they don't want bad publicity. Although now that it looks like the merger is going to go through, maybe that pressure's off. They can kind of lighten up a little bit, perhaps. But at the same time, if the drama is too much, if it's going to be too much of a headache, if it's going to cost them too much in that situation, they're not going to go that route. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Guardians makes a great deal of money. Why are they going to kill off that golden goose if they can help it? And I may be very isolated, but it seems that all the voices I'm hearing right now are saying, bring him back. And I doubt everybody feels that way, but it seems to me like the majority does. And I'm kind of curious about this. I think what I might do when I post the podcast, I think we, what we should do on the Facebook page is go ahead and post a poll. And I'm just because I'm just okay. curious how people out there with the Geek Watchers are thinking, if they think that it's a good idea to bring James Gunn back. As I say, I suspect that most people are going to say that, but I'm kind of curious. So mm -hmm. I think that might be something uh, to put out there just yeah, to so see what... Pause. <laughs> Go down, look at the link, and click yes or no. Yeah, I, what I might do is I might actually make it three choices. Okay. We'll say, yes, bring him back completely. Two, get a new director, but keep his script. Mm -hmm. Or three, yeah. replace the script, replace the director, mm -hmm. start out fresh. Fire so sale. See how that works. Mm -hmm. And so, something else Hollywood. And I won't spend too much time on this. I just thought this was funny and, and strangely ironic. And I wonder if superhero movies haven't led them down this road. I'm pretty sure that it's partially responsible. But there was an article. The Oscars are getting ready to add a new award to their award show. Oh, please let it be sci-fi costumes. <laughs> Tell me that's it. Their award's going to be best popular movie. Uh... Yeah, well... Their explanation for why they wanted to do this is because the viewership of the Oscars TV show has been going down. Yeah, Oscars I don't award, watch it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't watch it either, mm -mm. but not a lot of people are watching the Oscar awards on television. So, But wouldn't that just be the movie that makes the most money? I mean, sure, once in a while, like Titanic will be probably the same thing, best picture and most popular, but that's not really what the Oscars are for. Well, here's the thing about the Oscars, and you know how I love wrestling, so I'm going to use a wrestling metaphor for this okay and spoilers folks i'm about to spoil something about wrestling the champion doesn't win the belt the bookers the showrunners they give a belt to a champion i don't know if you knew uh, that or not uh it's it's i did I it's did. a work it's, kids <laughs> it's, it's scripted you know it's we scripted. know we know who's going to get the belt right but here's the thing how do bookers how do showrunners determine who gets the belt is it the best most popular wrestler that they have on the roster no mm -hmm. No, it's not. Because the most popular wrestler on the roster doesn't need the belt. Now, I know uh, a lot of people are going to say, well, what about Hulk Hogan? He was the most popular wrestler in the WWF, and he, and they, he held the belt for so long. Well, Hulk Hogan was a unique situation because he felt like he needed to have that belt. So he really lobbied to keep a hold of the belt. Although the truth was he never really needed it. He was popular whether he had the belt or not. Hmm. But it was his own 
for want of a better word, his own insecurities that he wanted to hold on to the belt and keep it as long as he did. But in a wrestling organization, you don't give the belt to your most popular wrestler. You give it to your next most popular wrestler because what the purpose of the belt is, if they're a babyface to become more popular and if they're a heel to get hated more. It's your wrestler that's ready to break through. In other words, they're about to become really popular and the belt is a tool that you use to make them more popular. It allows them to take that next step. Okay. And you do that and you give them a belt to allow them to do that. That's the shoot purpose of a belt. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I bring that up because that's the purpose of the Oscars. Now, of course, Oscars are awarded by the Academy, right? Right. Now, the Oscar was never given to the most popular film. Otherwise, it's like you said, mm-hmm. the Oscar should go every year to the one movie that makes the most money. Right. And certainly that's how Hollywood decides what's the best film. It's the film that makes the most money. So there shouldn't be a vote. It should be that obvious. But Oscars are not meant to go to the best movie. The job of the Oscar is to go to... The movie that, through its art and its craft, is what they would consider a piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. But that type of thing doesn't usually break through in popular films. Okay, such as the Mona Lisa is the most well-known painting on right. Earth. It's not very good. Even Da Vinci would have said, this isn't my best work. I mean, right. it's certainly nothing compared to his Last Supper, and it's even Vitruvian Man. And, oh, I would, you know, say Kahindi Wiley nowadays is the best artist as far as realism goes he can portray realistically with paint what people can do with photographs so there are better paintings but everyone knows the mona lisa right and so the purpose of the oscar was this whether it was a film or an actor or actress the purpose of it was to draw attention to something or to someone who was advanced in their craft but because of the subject matter wasn't getting any kind of recognition because, of Mm. course, when you Mm -hmm. see, I mean, even Oscar-nominated films tend to get a second run in theaters. By giving a movie an Oscar, they're basically saying, this is a quality film, and if we can get audiences to see it, they'll enjoy it. Maybe they're not popular, high-concept films, but if we give it an Oscar, then it it draws attention to it. Now this is an Oscar-winning film or an Oscar-nominated film, which gives the film a second life. It Mm -hmm. allows the film or allows the actor who haven't broken through because of their subject matter. Then you can put Academy Award-winning actor, Academy Award-winning actress, supporting actor. Now their cachet goes up. They can make more money for the studios because now you can put that Academy Award next to their name when it pops up. They get like a year where they're very hot and very popular and they can book a lot of stuff. Now, after that, of course, then the new award's out and that goes to the next actor or actress. But they get to be Academy Award winner forever. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the best example of this. Marissa Tomei mm-hmm. won Best Actress yeah. for a very strange choice for a role in My Cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. Not to say this was a bad film or I didn't enjoy it when I saw it, but it's not what you would consider what they call Oscar bait. Mm-hmm. But once she got the Oscar, notice how her roles changed Mm -hmm. in movies. It gave her a lot more opportunities. That's the purpose of the Oscar. And so I don't really see the purpose of a best popular Oscar. It really seems to me like that is what the MTV Movie Awards are for. They were the ones for the mainstream audiences. They have categories like best kiss, best villain, best fight. 
those are the kind of, I guess, more what, you know, a lot of people will look at. And I can, you know, I haven't watched it in several years now, but I can remember Kirsten Dunst and, and Tobey Maguire winning Best Kiss. Uh, that just seems like that would be something for that yeah, that crowd. That's an extremely good point. One thing I can definitely say that the MTV Movie Awards was able to do is they brought attention to a lot of things that I think the Oscars still haven't, which is they had an award for the best CGI performance. Mm-hmm. And, and it was Yoda a lot. <laughs> Yoda, Gollum. Gollum, uh-huh. yeah. And because Avatar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And those roles take as much effort and in some cases even more effort because your facial expressions have to translate digitally, mm-hmm. which means that it's a different kind of acting. And let's face it, modern movies nowadays require so much of this like CG. There's tons of movies that just would not be possible if you didn't have these virtual actors. Mm-hmm. And because it's not a quote unquote real actor on the screen, the Oscars tend to snub these people. Well, I think back to uh, before CGI characters, Roddy McDowell talking about acting in Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. that you had these facial appliances on you and you had to speak so clearly and you, your face had to move so much that your facial muscles had to get the absolute most workout. Right. And so those actors ended up working so much harder than, say, Charlton Heston. Of course, Charlton Heston didn't talk through most of it, so all of his acting had to be physical and everything you know, had to be visual for him and still display these great emotions without being able to talk. So not maybe not necessarily more difficult, but you had to concentrate a lot more to get that across. Right. And so being able to transfer that through multiple screens, I guess, would be a good way because there's the one, the camera shooting you, and then you go through these filters, and then another filter, and then that has to go through on the big movie screen out to an audience. And then even their own eyes are a different screen. You have to get through all that to get the emotion through. Right. And as a digital character, you basically have to puppet an avatar, and you still have to get all of that emotion out. But it's not just even a matter of you may have to make everything bigger you have the unenviable task of how do you make a character like that subtle mm-hmm. and that takes an amazing amount of skill v for vendetta mm-hmm. that the mask the mask never changes but you can absolutely see oh i'm sorry what is the actor's name hugo <laughs> weaving hugo weaving yes you know his emotions, everything mm-hmm. that he does, but the mask never changes. But you can see he can communicate all those emotions right to you, right to the viewer, right into your heart. You feel for them. Right. And a CG character is just another kind of mask. Mm-hmm. And to get to the point, I think, of this, the Oscars really, they're trying to become relevant. <laughs> And they're wanting to get audiences back. And I think that this whole deal with the most popular movie award is a way of doing that. But the other part of this that bothers me is there are other awards they're not going to show on the program. They'll let you know who won. Mm -hmm. But But they don't televise it. I have a feeling that costuming is going to be one of those shows. Oh, Uh, no. So. Well, you know my complaint about costuming for forever is that it always goes to a historical drama well not always but most of the time it goes to a historical period piece so you have all these references and i really want the sci-fi the fantasy to really be noticed for those creators those designers to really be recognized for their creations yeah and i have to say i think that you're dead on 
I think what the Oscars needs to do instead of coming up with these strange categories is they need to expand their definitions to better reflect what modern acting and costuming in movies happens to be. Mm-hmm. I think you're dead right on that. I think if the Oscars would do that, if they would expand these awards so that creators that do great work, but not your typical Oscar film, mm-hmm. If they could be recognized, I think that would do more than coming up with a strange category, which, again, you're 100% right. Why don't you just not give that to the the film that makes the most money? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. Why do you have to vote on something like that? So I think ultimately that's what they need to look at. So let's step away from, from Hollywood for a while. Okay. And talk about Las Vegas. Okay. Well, that's, uh, what, about two hours away? I don't know. (laughs) I really don't. Sorry. So a couple of things happened in Las Vegas this last weekend. A couple of interesting geek news pieces. Was there a convention? There there There's more than one convention. Okay. The first convention I want to talk about is this year's EVO, which is a gaming convention. I know you and I don't play a lot of video games. But okay, this is that's a, what I was going to ask. Are we but, talking tabletop? Or are yeah, we talking uh, these video, video games? games yeah. Specifically, player versus player fighting games. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Keep going. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> so basically, you would have players from around the world. They would come and people would watch them play and they would play in tournament style. And, of course, they play games like Injustice. Capcom games, the fighter. I'm thinking Mortal Kombat and uh, Dragon Ball Street C. Fighter. And, yeah, well, yes. Mm-hmm. But of course, those those ones have been taken over by more popular games like Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. You know that that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And this is also a place where gaming companies will introduce either like new games that they're developing or. They'll promo uh, downloadable content that they're getting ready to release. Expansion packs, really. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, when you've played a game for so long, it starts to get boring. So they introduce new characters, new locations, things like that. And they give you the wonderful opportunity to purchase these downloadable content. So it allows the game to stay fresh for the players. It allows the gaming company to continue to make more money. And the big thing that everybody was talking about in this year's EVO there's a game called Tekken 7. Yes, I Tekken. Remember, I know te- about Tekken. I yes. remember playing Tekken on my computer when I was I, uh, I a youngster back in the early 90s. Your standard fighter game, flippy kung fu characters, and some equipment and some weapons. A, real, a fun game. But the company introduced a couple of new characters, which were characters that you'd seen before in that universe, but now are being able to play and people were excited. Mm-hmm. And after the promo of seeing them in action, then you see a screen that has the two of them. And then you see three question marks basically saying, hey, we got three more characters we haven't introduced yet. But then next to that, you see a bar, a black bar with a red question mark in it, different than the other ones. And you're like, what the heck is that? And then it zooms in. And then you start seeing this black smoky area. You're seeing the silhouette of someone and you're trying to figure out who it is big honking looking guy and you get some zoom ins you see like a boot and then you see a red neckerchief and and, you're hearing whistling and then you start hearing the whistling (laughs) and then you're like wait a minute what what's going on here and then suddenly jeffrey dean morgan's voice says little pig little pig (laughs) let me in and the audience was like what is this what negan and yes, it's Negan. <laughs> so in Tekken 7, in the in what they call their Season 2 downloadable content, 
Negan is going to be a character you can play. Yes, last night at my gaming night on Dungeons & Dragons, I have some friends that uh, that do those kind of gamings. I actually watch them play the Dragon Ball right. game where they fight each other. And I was talking to them about this, and, and he said, my first reaction was, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I have to say about it. At least this is my, my take on this. Mm-hmm. Is I, I have to say I'm not exactly sure if this is a good idea or not. Really? It's a big shock. Nobody saw it coming. Although other games have introduced characters from outside of their world, Mm -hmm. uh, Tekken's never done it before. And Mm -hmm. so it's different for them. And it's a kind of a strange character to introduce. See, didn't like Capcom or someone say all of a sudden you could play Jason Voorhees against like the X-Men or something? Well, Capcom did a lot of... Their uh, Street Fighter series, they brought in a lot of the Marvel characters. Mm -hmm. Now, like Mortal Kombat started bringing in a lot of the horror movie characters like like the Alien or Predator or Jason Voorhees or Freddy Mm Krueger, which fits perfectly in that worldview. Does it? (laughs) <laughs> well, does it? it absolutely really? does. Really? Okay. All well, right. I mean, you think of Mortal Kombat. You have these characters that are tearing each other to pieces. So you introduce monsters that are tearing, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty dead on. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. Tekken 7, not so much. I, I don't. I don't know much about Tekken. I know of it, and I know that there is a tree that fights. That's pretty <laughs> much my knowledge of Tekken, is that there is a tree. Well, the big thing about Tekken, of course, is that these characters tend to be very flippy. Mm-hmm. They, they high jump and all this type of stuff, not what you're used to seeing Negan do. If you're thinking of Walking Dead, I would think the character you would bring in would be Michonne. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, not with her all, sword. And, with her yeah. sword. And having a moveset makes more sense for her. Plus, since Tekken likes to bring in special gear... I can see her coming in with her two zombies on chains Mm -hmm. and use that as a special weapon. It would seem like Michonne would be a better fit. And I'm thinking perhaps they're going to go down that road and introduce her later on. They just think Negan Negan is a more popular character at this point. People would want to play uh, Mm -hmm. Negan. But some other people have brought up the fact is like, why is Tekken bringing on characters from a TV show that to the people who are saying this are saying that, you know, Walking Dead is a dying show. What's the purpose of all that? Now, to me, I think that Walking Dead has a lot to gain from this licensing because, of course, it puts people to the mind of the TV show. And, yeah, I mean, it's definitely about the TV show because they're using Jeffrey Dean Morgan's version of Negan and not the comic book's version of Negan. In a marketing viewpoint, if I'm AMC, it sounds like it's a good thing to do. It gets people thinking about The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm which is going to be really important because this next series is going to be a lot is riding on how well they're able to to phase Rick and Maggie out of the show. I mean, this show is going to live or die by their exits. Mm -hmm. Going back to Tekken, I would find, as a geek girl, as a fan, this would be an interesting, I guess, experiment to bring on all kinds of famous TV villains. Let's get Siler from Heroes. Let's get Angel from Buffy. Let's reach way back. Let's get Dr. Loveless from Wild Wild West and see what we can do and uh, bring some fun headcanon into 
yeah. <laughs> into I think, these worlds. I think ultimately what keeps games from doing that, for the most part, is just paying for all the licensing. Yeah. Now, there is, of course, one game, and it's it's not a combat game per se, but there is one game that has done so well with bringing in licenses from all over the place, which is, of course, the Lego video games. Oh, yes. The only game where you have Marvel and DC characters. The only game that's got Doctor Who. You know, they're constantly bringing in new characters. The only movie that has both Batman and Gandalf. (laughs) Exactly so. You know, Lego, where they get the money for all these licenses, I don't know. I'm wondering if just because of the nature of Lego that they're not getting friend rates when it comes to buying these licenses. Mm. And I I don't know. Everyone's thinking, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. You know, it's for the kids. There you go. Ultimately, having Negan in Tekken 2... I don't know how that's going to go. I I think as AMC, you want to make that move. You want to get some buzz going for Walking Dead because they are heading into some dangerous waters with a a new showrunner. And the fact that they have probably the most precarious exits coming. Mm -hmm. And since it looks like the Whisperers are part of this next series and having read the comics, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't read the comics, but there are more exits coming and some pretty massive ones. If they go down the way that they do in the comics, then this is going to be huge. Unless, of course, somebody decides to, like in the situation where Abraham basically was the stand-in for Glenn until Glenn became the stand-in for Glenn. (laughs) It's like, oh, Glenn got away. No, not quite. It's possible Rick may take the place of uh, another death in the comics, which would be pretty horrific because there's a particular death I'm thinking of. Let me put it to you this way. If that's the way they take Rick out, I think a lot of people are going to have a problem with it. Ooh. I really do, okay. because this this is a very unpleasant way of somebody being taken out. And I think, especially with a character as beloved as Rick, if he goes out like that, people are going to be mad. They're going to be madder than, than Glenn and Abraham. They're going to be madder about wow. uh, than that episode that, that really split people. I don't think there's going to be any split. I think most people are going to go, no, that, no. That's, that was unacceptable, AMC. That, no. Because there'll be that scene. And like I said, I don't want to go into any details because I don't want to spoil anything if that's the route they go. But no, people will not be happy. And I think even if Maggie goes down that road, people are not going to be happy if that's no. what they do. So, Mm-mm. But I guess we'll see. We shall see. Now, one last thing before we go, because we were there were two things. Uh, in Vegas. The second one was another convention, a Star Trek convention, the big one they old do every... Old school Star Trek. Old yeah. school, old school, new school, the whole kit and caboodle. And of course, they had the big celebration. Some of the oldest conventions we have on Earth are Star Trek conventions. Yes. <laughs> and this was the big one that they have every year in Las Vegas. And last year was the 30th anniversary of The Next Generation, and they had the whole oh, cast there. Wow. But they had a big surprise this year. CBS All Access, their streaming service, has been doing a new Star Trek series, Discovery. Star Trek Discovery. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's been very popular. Of course, they ran into a problem that a lot of these streaming services have been running into. After a season of a show is done, if that's the only thing they're interested in, they cancel their subscription until the new series comes out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done that. You know. (laughs) I switch back and forth between Amazon and HBO, depending on the show that I want to watch. Exactly. And I did that with Showtime, with American Gods. I I had a subscription service to them. Which I still haven't seen. I want to see that so bad. Oh, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But, of course, after the series was over, then... Time to go. Time for me to go. (laughs) Let me know when you have more of it. (laughs) And the same thing happened with 
with CBS All Access. Once the first season of Discovery was done, they had to wait till next year for the next season. And everybody was like, well, let us know when it's ready. And they left. And we'll come back. Mm -hmm. And so they got an idea at CBS. And they decided to announce it at the, the Star Trek at the, convention. At the convention. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And they announced it by bringing out Sir Patrick Stewart. <gasps> Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. Hi. And he came out to basically say that he had gone back and started watching a lot of the Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he talked about how so many people, how much of the show meant to them. And he realized how influential a character Jean-Luc Picard was. Mm-hmm. And how he has decided it's time to bring Jean-Luc Picard back into the Star Trek yes, universe. Yes, we have missed you <laughs> so much. So what they've decided to do, CBS All Access, they said, look, if you're only here for the Star Trek, then we'll give you more Star Trek. And so they're going to be basically... Alternating between Discovery and... And whatever this new show is. Now, we don't know a whole lot about it, but we do know that Jean-Luc Picard will be in the show. We know it will take place 20 years after the events of Nemesis, the last Star Trek movie that had Jean-Luc okay. Picard mm -hmm. in it. It had Tom Hardy in it as a half-Romulan, half-human clone of Jean-Luc Picard. And okay. well, If I'm not mistaken, um, Nemesis is one of the ones that we don't talk about. <laughs> we do not talk about the odd-numbered Star Trek films. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely one of... That was one of those where the... The next generation movie series went out with a whimper instead of a bang. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they said that they're going to do this new series. We don't know anything of what's going on. We don't know what kind of role Jean-Luc Picard's going to have in it. I'm sure we'll hear more about it as things mm -hmm. go on. But if you like Star Trek and you canceled your membership to All Access, it looks like you're going to be bringing it back. Mm -hmm. So after the next series of Discovery, you're not going to be able to cancel it because there'll be more Star Trek on the way. Although I'm usually not a big fan of nostalgia plays, and usually I say just create new stuff, that's just too good. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's in a situation where we're going to be seeing more of Jean-Luc Picard. We're going to be seeing him later on in his life. Mm -hmm. How has his life at this point changed him? It's like we said in another podcast, you know, 10 years can make a big difference in a person's life. This case is 20 years. Mm -hmm. you know, how has that changed Jean-Luc Picard? He will be a different character, just as Sir Patrick Stewart is going to be a different actor. Mm -hmm. And what he'll bring to that role, of course, be different than what he brought when he was in Next Generation or even when he was doing the movies. And so how that character develops, I think, is fascinating. It is. It's going to be exciting. And Star Trek has always been so important for social issues and social justice mm -hmm. and social action. So we need this right now. <laughs> the world needs this right now. Thank you, Sir Patrick Stewart, for your contributions. We're so excited about yeah, this. Yeah, no doubt. And so with that said, we have come to the end of episode 36 of the Geek Watch podcast. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to tune in next week for the latest in geek news and views with the Geek Watch podcast. For Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding all the Geek Watchers out there, we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production.